Good morning, good morning, good morning, and uh, welcome. I'm uh, Pastor Rafe Vigil, and it's my joy to welcome you to worship at uh, New Horizon. And I want to say thank you to uh, all of you who all have been welcoming me back. I've been on a bit of a, of a respite for a few weeks and uh, just excited about this time to come back. But as we come back, I um, wanted to say a word about what's in the news around our COVID situation and the COVID era that we live in. We will continue to have live in-person worship. We have folks here. We'll continue to uh, stream our worship services and put them up on Facebook and YouTube and our, and our uh, church webpage and, and such and continue to do that. Um, just encourage you to be smart and healthy and make good decisions. We are here in person uh, wearing masks, not wearing masks. That's on, uh, that's on you to be loving and kind and respectful to the people that we share in worship with together. So I want to invite you, if you want to come and join us in person, you're welcome to do that. Those of you who are joining us and worshiping, actively participating uh, in the digital format. But for those of us who are here gathered, uh, welcome and glad that we're here. And we're all here together, sharing together in worship. So I want to invite you now to, uh, to join us together in song. Let's come to our feet and sing God's praises. Someone said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many of you know that great things happen when you come together as one, when you agree in one? God does a mighty and great things when we come together as one. Amen. All around God's love exists. You can feel it everywhere.
Pastor Peyton, and we come to a time of our service for a time of prayer. And one of the prayers that I would like to lift up today is we are back in Sunday school. So I want to share that with all of you, that Sunday school is back in session. And um, so we want to pray for that as we have it at 9 o'clock and at 1030. And just keep our children and our youth in prayer as they come back to worship together this week. Um, so let's bow our heads, please. Father God, help us just to breathe you in, to come to a moment in time and a place in time that we can center ourselves and focus on your presence. Father, with each breath as we breathe in, let us breathe in your spirit and let us exhale the things of the world that are holding us down. Father, like the Israelites in the wilderness, we too have known your love. We experience your care and provision on a daily basis, and you invite us to extend that love to the world around us, to care for others as deeply as we care for ourselves, and to bring the needs of our world before you and lay those prayers at your feet. Father, we pray for the many who don't have enough, enough food to eat or shelter to keep them warm, employment to keep them going or money to pay their bills, enough medicine or medical care. Lord, we lay these prayers at your feet and ask for your mercy. We also pray for those who have more than enough but still struggle to find meaning and purpose in their lives. We pray for those who, who indulge in dangerous or self-serving activities to dull the pain of their loneliness, of their anxiety, of their depression. Lord, all these prayers we come and we lay them at the foot of the cross and ask for your mercy. Father, your grace reaches out to all of us. You call us to live as citizens of heaven, working together with one heart and one mind. Strengthen us to live in a manner worthy of the good news we have received. Strengthen us, Lord, to live in service to you and your kingdom to live in a way that the last are first and the first are last and that, that your grace is enough for all. Father, hear us as we pray together the way Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, Our Father who, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Would you help us sing a song? It's a love song to the Lord. Would you stand with us?
may be seated. What a wonderful day today to, uh, to share together. And as you may have noticed, however you're worshiping with us, we uh, have this wonderful 10 for 10 that uh, happens during the summer months where we uh, focus on 10 different missions and, um, and then ask for an extra offering towards those uh, missions. And uh, so what we want to share about today is about the mission work of the connectional nature of our United Methodist Church. Here at New Horizon, we're a part of the, the United Methodist system, particularly here in the Florida, what's called the Florida Annual Conference. And connectionally, as we come together as a connection, we can do a lot more than we could do as individuals or as standalone churches. But the connection is able to do a great deal. Um, one of the great things that we do as a connection is the United Methodist uh, Committee on Relief, uh, commonly known as UMCOR, does some great uh, work that responds to the needs of uh, people around us. We have had a response to uh, what happened in the Surfside area, and the Methodist Church has been there. Uh, boots on the ground, uh, resources being shared, um, because churches come together in a connectional way. Um, we had youth earlier this summer go to camp, and the camp is done because of the connectional nature of the church and that coming together. Um, we have to uh, support missionaries around the world and care for them, and that happens because of the connectional nature that we come together as. I know that part of the resources that came for me to be in ministry and for many folks to be in full-time ministry come through the connectional resources that are shared for education, for uh, support, for encouragement, for continued training, and for uh, the leadership in the church. And so the uh, educational fund, the uh, relief funds, the uh, uh, monies for youth and children's ministries, monies for missionaries and mission work around the world just continues because of our connectional nature as a United Methodist Church. And so want to emphasize today our connectional giving. Every church gives an offering to the uh, connected uh, ministry of our denomination, just as we give an offering to the church, so the church also gives an offering. And so we want to ask you today to make that extra special gift towards our connectional giving and the greater mission and ministry of our United Methodist denomination. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> so we want to uh, share together today in uh, the scripture from uh, the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, now, what has happened is that um, uh, Jesus has uh, had this miracle of feeding thousands and thousands of people. And it's this wonderful miracle and this wonderful uh, experience of, of God touching lives of many through Jesus. But Jesus' mission and ministry continues. His work continues. And uh, so this is a story that happens after that miraculous feeding uh, thousands of people just with a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 24. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got in their boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus replied, I assure you, that you are not looking for me because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate all the food you wanted. 
don't work for the food that doesn't last, but for the food that endures forever, endures for eternal life, which the human one will give to you. God the Father has confirmed him as his agent to give life. They asked, what must we do in order to accomplish what God requires? Jesus replied, this is what God requires, that you believe in him whom God sent. They asked, what miraculous signs will you do that we can see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus told them, I assure you, it wasn't Moses who gave the bread from heaven. But my Father gives to you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, sir, give us this bread all the time. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord, as our stomachs growl today, give us the bread of life and satiate our, our hunger. Lord, meet us here in these moments and feed us with the bread of life. Amen. And amen. We are always looking for our next meal, aren't we? Always looking for the comfort food. That's, what, uh, th that's what's happening in this story with Jesus. The people have, you know, they've gotten their, their feeding. You know, Jesus multiplies the fish and the loaves. And people are following him and says, so what's next? You know, it's sort of like the, the line for the free samples at the store, right? You know, it's like, I got to get me some more. I got to have a little extra. You know, what's next? What are you going to do next? Even when Jesus starts to teach them, they say, okay, give us another miracle. Show us, you know, feed our stomachs, you know, because, you know, we're always looking for our comfort food, right? We love our comfort food. Bread's a good comfort food. What's your favorite comfort food? I think if you Googled and researched it, it'd come up like macaroni and cheese is like one of the top ones, you know. Is that a comfort food for you? I, I, you know, I, I grew up down here in South Florida. I grew up in a household with three boys. I have two other brothers. We ate a lot of rice and beans. And so rice and beans, rice and black beans, you know, you, you get some lechon, arroz y frijoles. Yeah, it becomes, that's comfort food. Oh, man, that is some real good comfort food there. What's, what's your comfort food? What are you always craving? What are you, what are you always uh, uh, looking for? You know, I start my day, you know, with a comfort food. It's a bowl of cereal loaded with fruit. I mean, that's, that's comfort for me. You know, right now, the mangoes are coming off of the tree, and I don't think a day goes by that I don't cut up a mango, you know, and, and have a mango. Because, you know, we're always looking for that food. We are, we are driven by the cravings of our stomach. You know, that comfort food, like, you, you know, I'm talking about a really good French fry. You know, those French fries that are, that are twice fried and really crispy and, and have a lot of salt on them. And you got just the right dip to put them in, whether it's a ketchup or, or something else that you, that you like. You know, 
that comfort food, and we're we're looking for it. We're we're craving it. You know, we're we're wanting it. You know, because we're driven by our stomachs. We really are. We're we're driven by our stomachs. We're we're motivated by our stomachs. Face it. We structure our days about when's the next meal, right? Isn't that how you structure your day? You know, I've been a pastor for 35 some odd years now, and I know that when we finish this worship time, there is more conversation about what and where we're having brunch or lunch than there is about John 6, because, because we're driven by our stomachs, you know, I, I, because that's just what we are. That's what we do. We, we're driven by our stomachs. Uh, we're always looking for the next comfort food because we need our comfort food because life is rough, right? Life is difficult. Life is harsh. And when someone's going to give you that free toothpick of a bite of some sort of soy-based chicken, you know, in the mall, uh, you know, food court, we're like, oh, yeah, i got to have that, you know, got to try that, you know, got to have something with more salt on it, got to have something that's sweet. Gotta, you know, we, we're craving that. We're craving those comfort foods. Those things that bring us comfort. It's, it's a whole food category. That thing that, that brings us comfort because here's the phrase people like to often use. It's because we, we eat our feelings, right? We eat our feelings. Life is rough. Life is difficult. Day's been hard. And I just can't get through that day with that cup of coffee. You know? I got to have that, that comfort that it brings. I can't get through the day without that lick of cold, delicious ice cream at the end of the day. You know, we, we're driven by our stomachs. I think married couples talk more about who's making dinner and what's for dinner than anything else, right? We're always talking about what's for dinner, what's next, who's going to fix it, you know, what's on, the, what's on the schedule, how do we fit it in? We, our whole lives are driven around our food and our motivations by our stomachs, what's for dinner? What are we looking for? We are driven by our stomachs. A couple of years ago, my wife and I took a, uh, a trip to uh, San Francisco. Well, um, I have to admit, I thought my wife was inviting me to a nice you know, vacation, her and I together. And when I said, yes, let's go to San Francisco, the next day she says, okay, I signed us up. And I said, signed us up for what? She said, the half marathon in San Francisco. We're going to run across the Golden Gate Bridge. So all of a sudden, the next five months of my life are now in, in training. And it was a beautiful run. It was, it was nice, and it was, it was gorgeous. But the trip to San Francisco, you know, I had to train, you know, to, to go do this trip. And I'm doing all this running training. And then there's this long trip to get there, and, you know, and you know, to go all the way across the country. And we land, and we're exhausted. And we decided to experience, you know, the San Francisco transportation system. And so we took a shuttle to a, to a train, and then took a train, and then took one of those trolleys and stuff with all of our luggage trying to get to our hotel and I kid you not the trolley stopped they know what they're doing they stopped you know just a half a block from our hotel we could see our hotel when we got off the trolley but it stopped in front of a sourdough bread bakery with the smell wafting all over the place and as tired and as exhausted as we were from the whole day of travel do you think that we went directly to our hotel to unpack and to put our feet up no, we were driven by our stomachs to the bakery, 
to that beautiful smell and to watch the entertainment through the big glass windows as they made the bread, that bread, you know, and bread is delicious, isn't it? You know, and every culture, every place in the world has bread in some form or another, whether it's a, a baguette or a, or a little roll or those wonderful smelling yeast rolls or the sourdough that smell that covers a whole city with its aroma, you know, or maybe it's that loaf of Cuban bread or a tortilla. But every culture has a bread. I even ate in one culture, the bread literally folded up like a, like a towel. That's what it looked like. It was like a towel, and you tore off the piece of the bread, and that was your eating utensil to, uh, to eat with. We're driven by our stomachs, and we're looking for the bread. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am what your soul is craving. I am what your stomach is craving. I am what your your down in your guts are craving. I am the bread of life. Satisfying that that deep need. And you know our, our stomachs, our guts for centuries now have been this image of what's at the very core of us. What's at the very center of, of who we are. We talk about having gut feelings, right? Having a a, a gut feeling for this. Or um, if somebody in the Olympics is really bold and really pushing the limits and doing something, they say, well, they've got guts that they've gone forward. They've got guts. They've overcome that illness. They've overcome that, that difficulty. That's somebody with, with guts, you know? Or uh, maybe uh, you have these gut instincts we talk about. You know, it's just like you hear people ask a question. I really don't know the answer, but I'm going to go with my gut right? Because that's where the, the core center of, uh, of our hope and decision-making is. Or if something really bad happens, we say, well, that was gut-wrenching. It's been the image of what's at the very center of us, this, this gut instinct. And Jesus says, I am that bread. I am what fulfills those guts. I am the bread of life. We're driven by our stomachs, aren't we? Some folks would even say that uh, our stomachs are our second brain. You know, you have a brain that thinks and then you got your stomach. Well, medical science has proved differently. Medical science, there are doctors. In fact, there's one from uh, the medical school at Duke uh, University, Duke School of Medicine, that says yeah, our guts, our stomachs aren't our second brain. They're our first brain. They're our first brain. They are what drives us. And the theory is, is that very simple organisms, very simple organisms do not have a brain, but they have a digestive tract. They have a gut. They have something that motivates them and pushes them to, to eat and, and continue going. They have a gut. Think about how life has evolved. Life has evolved. First creatures ate, and then they breathed. And then thinking came about. As far back as 100 years ago, in 1923, there were scientists that were already saying 90% of the, 
of the diseases known to humanity are caused by cheap foodstuffs. You are what you eat. We have this craving, we have this desire, and if you put junk in, you're going to feel like junk. But if you put good food product in, you've taken the first steps towards health and towards strength. And so the question becomes, what are you putting in? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am that comfort food that you're looking for. That comfort food. But maybe even just more than comfort food, maybe there's a challenge that comes to us too when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. What your stomach, what your guts, what your soul desires, Jesus says, I'm going to fulfill that. But here's the thing. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and then we discover that as the community of faith that we are the body of Christ, the challenge on us is to become the bread for a hungry world. There's a reason why our our worship centers around the bread, that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. There's a reason why we share in the Lord's Supper and Holy Communion on a very regular basis. Because this is our nourishment, this is our strength, and this is where the community comes together to rise up from the table and to go as the bread feeding a hungry world whose souls are, are torn apart and broken and, and hurting and, and empty. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And we come here and we come around this table. And, and we've been doing this since the very earliest days of the Christian community. Jesus instituted this at his very last meal that he shared with the disciples, breaking the bread and sharing it with them, saying, this is my body, and then challenging us to go and be that body. But at the early churches, they would gather around for, for Holy Communion and, and to share in this, but they would also share an entire meal. They would have what was called a, a love feast because they were sharing together that bread, that, that fulfillment, that comfort that comes in Jesus Christ. And Lord knows that throughout the centuries, the church has been about that love feast. In recent days, we might have called it a covered dish, right? You know, and what that you know, means for our lives and and to, to fill us, the church coming together in community meals. I know that in this era of COVID, it's something we really miss. You know, my wife was raised in the church, and I was raised in the church also, and we knew what covered dishes were. But when I went to do a revival in rural Georgia, and it was the church that I served, and I, I said to my wife, I said, look, they built a building out here in the yard, just an awning and concrete table just for putting food on. Jet for nothing else but to put food on and people bring their lawn chairs and they stand around and they share all that food that's there. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. I am that bread. I am that, that comfort food. I am that, that craving of your soul. The, the, the main thing that your very physical nature and spiritual nature is, is pushing and searching for, I'm that. I'm that, Jesus says. I am exactly what you need. When it's comfort, it's comfort. When it's peace, it's peace. When you need peace, it's peace. When it's direction and guidance, it's hope. I am that which you are really looking for. 
I am the bread of life. What are you hungering for today? What are you hungering for? Jesus is that comfort food. And so we come together and share in that food that fills us. And we rise up from this table and we go to be the bread for the world. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, we thank you for the love that you share with us through your Son by feeding us when we are hungry, by satiating the cravings of our souls, by filling us with more than the physical, but with that that would sustain and nourish us and direct us to bring your good news to the world. Amen. Amen. We share now in a time of uh, Holy Communion. And as we share, uh, we will share communion here um, it, on location where you sit, and we'll bring that to you. If you are uh, joining us in a digital format, I invite you to get some bread and uh, a cup of juice and uh, have that with you as we consecrate these elements what you have there at home and what you consecrate, we will also uh, share together. And uh, that will be your communion. But let us uh, bow our hearts together and share in uh, the blessing of these elements and the gift of Jesus Christ for us. Most holy and gracious God, we are, we are here around your table craving the bread of life, craving the life that is ours the life that is ours in Jesus Christ. Lord, we are, we are grateful that you feed us. You feed our souls, you feed our bodies, you feed our hearts, you feed our minds, you, you feed us in every way that we need nourishment. And so, Lord, we come around this table with a craving for the comfort and the challenge that you bring. And so as we come around this table and we sharing the bread, we, we recognize and remember that Jesus, that Jesus said, I am the bread of life, that Jesus raised up the bread at that last supper and tore it apart and says, this is my body, it's broken for you. And then he offered that life to those who would follow and he would say, take and eat this bread. This is my body. And Lord, in the same meal, Jesus raised up the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave praise to you, and, and then he gave it to us because of the cravings and the needs of our very souls, of our very guts. And he said, take and, and drink of this cup, because this cup is my blood that's poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, you knew what we needed. You knew we needed bread, and you knew that we needed the, the cup. You knew that we needed life, and we needed forgiveness, and you, you offered that. And you offered it so that we could rise up in new and right relationships with one another. You gave it to us so we have this, this new covenant, this new relationship through Jesus Christ, a new relationship with you and a new relationship with each other. 
And so, Lord, as we share in these elements, here as we are gathered and in digital formats everywhere, as we share in these elements, let them truly be for us the bread of life, the body of Jesus Christ. And let it be for us the the cup of forgiveness and of establishing new relationship and making us whole. Lord, let your spirit move that these elements may truly be that for our souls. And may your spirit move and lift us from this table in a new and right relationship with you and with one another and with the power and the strength and the encouragement and the guts to go forward and share that bread and life with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. joining us digitally, I invite you to take the bread and eat and remember him and to lift the cup and drink in remembrance of Christ and in these elements feed on the bread of life in your heart and be satisfied. Amen.
Lord, we are grateful that in our diligent searching for that comfort food, that you have responded with the gift of your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, and given us the, the bread for life. Oh, Lord, this is life, and we are grateful. In so many cultures, bread is at the center, and in many languages, bread and life are the, are the same word. And, Lord, we are grateful that you have given us this bread, this comfort, this guidance, this challenge through a Savior who forgives us and lifts us to this new and wonderful life in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's join together in song.
God has given to us in Jesus Christ, and we have responded by sharing in the gift of the Lord's Supper and the Lord's Table. God has put blessings into our lives, and in this time of worship, the Spirit has moved and blessed us. And so we respond again with our giving and our offering and our, our spiritual disciplines. Let me invite you uh, to, uh, the, there are bags that are for our 10 for 10 for our connectional giving. There's also locations if you're on site where you can drop your offering. But of course, we encourage you to use our um, digital formats on our uh, website and other locations where you can give in that way. And I hope that you will do that as a response to what God has blessed in your life this day and each and every day. Go now with the blessing and the assurance that Jesus Christ has come and offered us the bread of life that we might have life and have it abundant and have it full. Go now with the power and the strength of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be with you always. Amen. And amen. Our God is greater. Our God is greater.